When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listeners, this is Lady Bunny, and I want you to rejoice with me. Most excellent news, Monet Exchange will not be here today. So I am sure that for that reason alone, this episode of Ebony and Irony will top all others. Now, we, that that it would top all others, even if we did not have an incredible guest today. She is perhaps the only guest of Ebony and Irony who has joined us twice in our short, short time. And that is because she is so entertaining, jolly, and wonderful. Please welcome <laughs> drag legend Jackie Beat. Jackie! Jolly means fat. Well, <laughs> if the <laughs> adjective fits. <laughs> oh, honey, that's the only thing that fits these days. Hi, Bunny. I'm so thrilled to be here with you. And let me ask, if essentially I'm doing the show with you instead of Monet, do I get, I mean, Monet has to make money from this, right? Listen, it doesn't seem right that Monet is doing some other project, but is going to reap the benefit of this podcast we're doing together. Well, let's establish that benefit before we attempt to cash <laughs> in on it. Yes. Jackie, you are what calling... Are we gonna call Wait a minute, what are we going to call the show today? Because we can't call it Ebony and Irony. We have to call it like... 
Oh my God. Pasty ivory wi- and irony. <laughs> yes. Ivory and I- irony. There you go. Well, I'm going to actually, just so that the Monet's handful of fans will, mm-hmm. you know, not feel that she's deserted them. I'm going to ask you a few questions as Monet. And in, when you answer, I'm going to say things that Monet would say, you know, things like work and right. beaver. I don't even know her. And, oh. uh, you know, yes, God. Yeah. So real top shelf stuff, which <laughs> explains why she, uh, Monet is so busy and uh, at the top of her game. And I do want to say, uh, and we're doing s- a podcast. <laughs> when you when you said that you wanted to make sure um, Monet's fans didn't feel like she has deserted them, all I heard was the word desert, and I didn't get anything after that. Well, you typically don't get anything after dessert, Jackie, or you can do have, you? You can have second helpings of the entree. You know <laughs> that. Don't play Honey, dumb. We can- Listen, no, I'm not playing dumb, honey, because I'm a big bitch too. And uh, yeah, honey, I mean, Lady Bunny doesn't have to play dumb. Anyway, no, she doesn't have to play. She Listen, doesn't to, bitch, she doesn't have to put on pounds for any roles either. Oh my God! Like uh, Janet Jackson back in the day, it was always like she's gaining weight for a role, and I'm like, the role always falls through. So does the fucking you know folding chair. Um, D- no. Dinner roll. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds the same, but it's spelled different. This is why you're a comedy legend, Lady Bunny. Well, I mean, now, it's, I mean, listen, just because Monet is gone doesn't mean that you could just jump straight out the gate being racist towards Janet Jackson and her struggles with weight as a black woman. Oh my God! I'm gonna get can- <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled. But I have a new TV show coming out, and I need that kind of publicity. You want the Sharon Needles treatment? Or <laughs> oh the, no! Um, or the uh, <laughs> what? Who's or the you want? No, you want the um, what's the fuck's that bitch name? Um, Sherry Pie treatment. <laughs> oh Jesus! There you go again. Bring it they- dessert. Where they blur your face. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? I mean, my face needs blurring at this uh, hello. point. Hello. Hi. Well, so, um, can we just, can I say one thing? Yes. Yeah, we are, we are both very sassy. We are both very funny. And we are both very catty. Old. Old. We are, yes. But I want to say I'm literally thrilled to to talk to you because I absolutely adore you. And I want to say one serious thing before we get into stuff. Can I? Of course. Okay. I just appreciate you so much and your politics and how smart you are, because I just want to say this out loud. No, because the reality is we do live in a two party system, which is fucked up and broken and doesn't work, but we are all, constantly reminded uh, that there's nothing we can do. That's just the reality. And I come from that place all the time. So my point is that we do live in a two-party system which does not work and is broken, and we're constantly being told that we should be celebrating, you know, the fact that we're always voting for the lesser of two evils. And it just is so exhausting and so like soul sucking and you know 
that my point is that I just so appreciate, and because I have been guilty of this, like, don't say anything bad about the Democrat. Don't say anything bad about Biden because, you know, it's all, it's better than Trump and it is better than Trump. It's not much better than Trump. It's just less dramatic and less, you know, pro wrestling. So I want to just say, <laughs> I just want to say, I really do appreciate, we, we need to change the way we think. We need to stop accepting crumbs and stop, you know, just letting Democrats. And I, I'm a Democrat. I'm a bleeding heart. I really am a bleeding heart liberal, but we have to stop. Uh, just just accepting the fact that there's two shitty parties and we're always going to just be having to make uh, our vote the lesser of two evils, I do appreciate that you you sort of have this, you know, and it's such a crazy idea, even though it shouldn't be, you always, you know, like you're just so intelligent and so informed and you're just always saying we deserve better and... Do you? I hope I'm expressing myself, but I know it's very serious, especially this early in the show. Oh, I, I don't care. No, that's nice of you to say. Now, what some people assume is that maybe because I'm Southern, maybe because I'm white, that I'm a Trump supporter. And I'm always like, so what you're not understanding is that if I'm criticizing Joe Biden or Democrats for not wanting um, the health care that they have in every other major country... That's criticism from the left. It's not criticism from the right. So there's right. no there's no Republican who is offering universal health care. And you know, Joe Biden did say when campaigning that he would veto it if it got through Congress, which I mm -hmm. just don't think is a great thing to say, but you know, right. I but just, yeah, I mean, I, I pick on the Democrats a lot. Another reason is, honey, there's no Republicans that are going to listen to me. I don't True. share their values. I think what I'm trying to say specifically is they have us really in a place of fear. Yes. Where it's literally between two people like, you know, and listen, I'm not saying Bernie Sanders is perfect by any means, but I'm just saying they make it sound like you're, you know, to even use the phrase, you're throwing your vote away it's partially true. That's why it's scary because of the way it's set up. And I just wish that we could think outside the box a little, but we're just like, we really have, you know, for the land of the free, we really have very little freedom, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, choosing our leaders. I think it's a, a, you know, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I just think it's really like, we all feel like, you know, we're part of the process and it just has become increasingly clear that we're really not and that the two-party system does not work and i know that you know it's almost like somebody in show business saying you know if it's not working out for you after 30 years maybe you know give up you know because everyone who wins an oscar is like never give up if i can do it you can do it it's almost sacrilege to say that so it's almost sacrilege to you know say anything against the Democrats. The system is completely broken and I just like the way you think outside the box and it just seems so revolutionary, you know, to consider someone or something outside these two parties when it shouldn't be. 
We are just being told and taught that it is and that nothing else will work. And you're either, you know, this Democrat who goes for anything or Republicans who hate everything. Anyway, I'm... Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I totally uh, understand what you're saying. And thank you. Because um, it is like uh, a cult. It's like a cult. It, it is. And the it, moment you start questioning it, yeah. you people attack you. They don't well, want to hear it. I mean, you know, the way that they twisted Susan Sarandon's words and made it sound like um, uh, she was not going to vote for Hillary in 2016 um, and that she thought that Trump was a better candidate. She actually right. never said that. She said on MSNBC that um, some people, not including herself, mm -hmm. um, thought that that if Trump did win in 2016, which he went on to win, uh, many people would say that it's because of uh, Susan Sarandon and 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 me and other types who you know vote third party. But right. it's like the the if you don't represent my values you're not going to get my vote. And especially like Susan Sarandon and me, we live in a blue state. We don't live in a swing state. It yeah. wasn't going to be close in New York or California. It was going to be the Democrat that wins hands down. So if right. a few people, you know, try to build a third party over the years, um, it's go it's going very, very slowly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, but, but let, you know, we let, wouldn't, I was a lifelong Democrat, so I wouldn't be looking for a third party representation if the Democrats hadn't like let me down on big ticket stuff like right, healthcare right. And, and I just want to let me interject really quickly the words Bianca Del Rio and big juicy uncut cock so we don't lose every listener. Stay tuned, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, wait, wait, Stay please tuned. tell me if it isn't hers because I really don't want to think about <laughs> Her, huh. um, I mean, you've heard like, the I rumors. Could, I could, um, I could, I, yeah, no, no. It, it, it reminds me. The Susan Sarandon thing reminds me of. Um, oh, who's the lead singer of the Pretenders? Chrissy Hind. Chrissy uh, Hind wrote a letter to Trump. She was trying to get something passed or trying to get him to consider something, and she's a smart woman. Okay, she very. said. At the beginning of the letter, it said, my mother who has passed away would have loved you. And she was sort of buttering him up and kissing his ass. And then she, you know, she did that, which is the way to get to Trump. And then she got to her point and all these people just glommed onto the fact that she said, my mother would have loved you. And, and she didn't say, you know, dear Donald Trump, fuck you. You're a stupid pig. You know what I mean? Like, and they totally twisted it and made it sound like she loves Trump and nothing yeah. could be further from the truth. So it's very black and white. There's no critical thinking. There's no gray area. It's, it's really, well, uh, you, you know, cable scary. news has contributed to that. And I don't know the names of the, the rulings, but there was one under Reagan, president Reagan, uh, and one under Bill Clinton where they actually, change the definition of what could be considered news. So, mm -hmm. um, like, I, I think CNN has a new, I mean, the Republicans used to call CNN Communist News Network. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, and because it was largely Democratic. Now they have a new owner that is um, 
is or was a Trump supporter. So they're they're offering a, a bit of both right. sides, which, you know, I mean, that's what Walter Cronkite did. He said what was going on back in the day, legendary newsman um, from the 1970s, maybe 60s. And, you know, they would offer some analysis, but it wasn't like, okay, here's Fox with everything that they're saying. I mean, and, and I say right. this you know, all the time. They're on there saying that Biden is under the sway of of socialists, AOC and Bernie Sanders. I mean, it is so, that is so disrespectful of their viewers' intelligence, if any. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. And at the same time, you know, the the MSNBC it will only talk about Trump so and, and bash him. So they won't talk about, you know, Democrats being in power now. So that's a real issue when it's just like each side is backstabbing each other. If we were to think of this less as personalities and more of po- about policies, yeah. and which one is going to support Medicare for all? Well, let's look at the donors. Let's look at uh, the, um, the uh, history, the, the voting history. What did he do on this? Did he stand up to, or she, stand up to Big Pharma? So, yeah, the, the cable news networks um, – are really forcing yes. us to hate each other. And that's why and I try to watch like the rising on the hill.com or um, breaking points with uh, crystal ball and Sagar and Jetty, because one is a Republican, one is a progressive and they get along, you know, they have right. differences of opinion. And when they're stating something like, well, as a libertarian, I don't believe that we should have any regulations, but in turn, you know, so it's like you, we, I, I don't think we should – I don't think that we should be motivated by hate w- when we're voting. I think we should be motivated by well, by what's going to get – what do we want from the government? Yes. And how, I mean, this is going to sound crazy coming from, you know, a big fat old drag queen. But I tell people all the time, nothing comes from negativity. I mean, listen, anger is an energy. And if something is wrong, you need to fight. But you can't look in the mirror – and say, I hate myself, and expect to, you know, adhere to an exercise program or eat healthier. Nothing good is going to come from hating yourself. So voting out of hatred or fear is also like, no, we have to vote, you know, for what we want. Cable news has changed so much and it's more in infotainment and, you know, it's like I said, it's very kind of pro wrestling and cultish. And um, and the fact that social media, you add those two things together. And I mean, I don't even know what reality is anymore. Oftentimes. We really need to talk about some fun stuff, Bunny. there's probably like seven people well, I, listening I, right no, now. No, we, no, Monet and I yammer <laughs> on about bullshit all the time. So just one little extra thing on that. So I guess uh, Rachel Maddow, formerly of MSNBC, sometimes still on there, mm-hmm. she accused one of these really conservative networks. I think it was OANN um, uh or Newsmax, one of those right-wing, like more right-wing than Fox. And she accused them of being Russian assets. Well, they took her to court and uh, they ruled a similar ruling that that another court had just given to Tucker Carlson and said, 
it's not that damaging to OANN or Newsmax because people think of Rachel Maddow as entertainment, but they don't think of her as entertainment. They think of her as news. Right. So the same with Tucker Carlson. I mean, Tucker is a wild, I mean, he, he was, I watched something on a plane with him and he was just like cackling over nothing with kind of longish hair. It was very weird. I never noticed him being that weird before. Anyway, yeah, Jackie, you're calling from LA. You are joining us to discuss some exciting new projects. One of them has just been released to the public today. Uh, will you tell us about your involvement with Huluween Drag Stravaganza featuring you, Mario Diaz, Monet Exchange, Ginger Minge, Mohart, Jujubee, Manila, Landon Cider, and me. This drag stravaganza, uh, Huluween drag stravaganza is so exciting because first they approached me to be in it and I signed on to be one of the people in it. And then they called and said, somebody else called me completely separate and said, will you help write it? So I did help write it. So I've been double dipping. And it is just a lot of really fun people, a lot of diversity, a little something for everyone. We got, you know, the ancient old bitches, you and me, and then some young ones and some drag race and a drag king. And, you know, uh, Selene Luna is, you know, a friend of mine, a comedian actress who's on Mayans right now. My friend Mario Diaz, who opened The Cock in New York and is also an actor. So there's just like, it is jam-packed and the numbers turned out so fun uh, I won't say that you and me doing the choreography, uh, don't focus on us, but it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I'm excited because I love Halloween. Have you seen, So, and this will air on Hulu debuting yes. October the 1st. Uh-huh. Um, and it's skits and songs and, um, you know, a, Big, a couple group numbers, and you and I sing a, du- a duet. Yes, and, we do. Um, I don't think we should give away any more, Jack. No, we're not allowed to say who the very special, you know, guest <laughs> pop. There's a pop performer. Go, don't the- go any further, Jackie. We were told not to say. Well, they know it's not a country star. Anyway, um, Yes, I, I, it's an old school variety show, and it's drag plus Halloween. And honey, sign me up. Those are my favorite things in the world. You know. Yeah, the only thing that I don't like about it is that Monet and Ginger are hosting the whole thing. Yeah. So no little, pun intended. It drags from time. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just well, kidding. a little of them goes a long way. Have you noticed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right when you're sick of Monet and uh, Ginger, all of a sudden me and Bunny show up. So, you know, just hang in there. Don't turn, don't change that dot. Don't touch that dial, as they used to say back in the day. Um, Well, one one of those, you mean before remotes? Jackie, were you alive back then? Yep. Yes. (laughs) What if the... No. Yes. (laughs) One of the guys... uh, uh, who created it listened to our podcast and um and you know we were talking about and he how still so much- hired you yeah yeah <laughs> you know we were talking about um how drag queens don't get to you know sing and dance and 
you know, do skits, you know, that they don't get to do right. stuff similar that the, to what they do in their own act. And so he actually, um, uh, you know, said maybe yes. they should and put this together. And we're, we, we're all excited. It was so much fun filming it. It really was. And, you know, uh, I am a bitter old bitch and I make fun of drag race all the time. And I make fun of these Queens. I think I know who they are because I, you know, I saw them on TV almost with very, 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 very few exceptions. Every time I meet these Queens, they are all so nice, so hardworking and actually quite like they all have their own brand of magic. I mean, maybe one can't sing, but they like the look and they're dancing and they're like actually funny. So I, this cast really kind of blew me away and I had so much fun. I really did showing up every day, waking up at the crack of dawn, painting my face and going, you know, down into the valley where they usually shoot porn. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that you were involved really helped. And Mario's, you know, my best friend and I've known Selene for years. And yeah, T tell so. us about Selene, uh, because you mentioned she's on Mayans. For those yeah. of us who don't know what that is, I know it's a Disney um, no, no. She first of all, she played, um, she played Tia Rosita. I think is the name of the character in Coco, which oh. is you know the animated Disney. Oh, I love that. Yeah, That's it's a great so, movie. I loved that movie. I mean, bawling my eyes out. So she's been a comedian. She's opened for Margaret Cho. She's like been working for 20, 25 years. And you can imagine she's a little person in case anyone doesn't know. And, you know, I mean, she has stories that are simultaneously horrifying and hilarious, you know, Christmas rolls around and it's always like, you're going to play an elf. It's so humiliating. And so for her to get that, you know, a voice job on, you know, a Pixar Disney classic. It's already a classic. It's a huge hit. It, it's, it's Academy Award winning. She's just through the roof, you know, with pride. And, you know, it's also she was born in Mexico. So it's her culture being celebrated. <laughs> and um, then there is a show called Mayans MC which is the Mexican spinoff of, um, oh my God, I'm going to forget the name of the show. It's a show on FX about bikers. I'm so bad. Anyway, oh my God, I could look it up, but whatever. I'm sure well, most people know it. Uh, it's a like, oh, um, oh my God, it's on the tip of my tongue, but so is this piece of cheese. No. So anyway... <laughs> It's a very, it's a very, it's a big hit TV show about, um, you know, a, a bike gang, biker gang, and there's a spinoff and she just got a part and she is just turning it out. She is really, it's sort of like, you know, uh, it's very Godfather adjacent, you know, with all the, the power and violence and, you know, crime. So she's in her element. And then, you know, she's in this show acting like a fool, dressing up like, you know, a little, you know, Victorian porcelain doll that's, uh, 
that's haunted by the uh, spirit of a brutally murdered <laughs> prostitute. Victorian era prostitute. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so well, she's anyway, also I, a bitch. She's also a she's also what? bitch. She's a fucking yeah, she bitch. Is, yeah, she, it's it's crazy how much bitch she can pack into that little body. I know. But, she, but she does it. And I think you told me once, you know, I wrote a play called Whatever Happened to Busty Jane and she she was in it and we had a scene I think it was you that said you yes, liked it. Yes, I worship it. Yeah, we had a scene where it was just one little person yes. fat joke after the other. And it was so merciless and so brutal. It just was – and so many people have told me that was one of their favorite things. So she's wonderful. She's just wonderful. And she moved to Palm Springs, so I don't get to see her that often. So that was nice to spend a week with her. Yeah, I mean, I had never really spent that much time with her. It was more like backstage – Stuff. Right. She is a hoot and a holler. Yeah. I adore yeah. her. Well, I mean, um, you know, listen, I have also learned, because like there's certain people I don't know very well. Like, you know, Mario is one of my best friends, but you, I remember you saying like, I've never really spent time with Mario, but there was downtime, you know, sitting on a couch in the dressing room where you're talking to somebody that you've known for over 20 years and you're like, oh my God, is this the first time we've actually had a conversation? But what I find is, most, like, if, if there was a friend of yours that I didn't know very well and that I ended up talking to, I would probably, like, be a little surprised, like, oh, God, this person. And then I would be like, well, why am I surprised if they're friends with Bunny? Chances are they're a, you know, relatively intelligent, you know, funny, nice person. <laughs> Other than you know, Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Totally. And I'm going to tell you what. Um Juju B is so fun. She's really a smart cookie. And I love the way that she expresses herself. Manila, I mean, she is so fucking upbeat. And yep. she, the bitch is gorgeous. Has she a hot is, style. She is really gorgeous. And she's so sort of, like you said, funny and gregarious and positive. And like you can tell, like she's up for anything. And she that you almost forget how beautiful she is. That's yeah. kind of like me, right? Right, Jackie? Um, you, you almost forget how beautiful I am? Wait a minute. I'm waiting to see if the Venmo goes through. <laughs> oh, it just went through. Yes, you're, you're so beautiful. People forget how funny you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> the real joke is the idea that I would have Venmo. I'm strictly a PayPal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and here's cash. Some, here, here's here's some beads. No, um Now are are you Yeah, I I listen, I didn't know Jujubee and literally like couple like working with her a couple hours, like you just fall in love with these people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was really fun. I mean, of course Monet's a cunt, Ginger's a cunt. You know what? I am, and I hope it's okay to say this, you know, uh, Monet asked me to write a song for her and I sent her the lyrics and she said it was too filthy. And I honestly thought that's what she wanted. Anyway, I was... Must have been about Bob. Oh, it was about them getting down. Ooh. Can you imagine? Uh, no. I mean, have you heard the phrase, go fuck yourself? <laughs> um, I'd be like, no. It? Oh. No, I, I haven't. I guess you hear it a lot. 
Well, that's why it was on the tip of your tongue with that piece of cheese. <laughs> you don't talk to your parents anymore, so that's why you don't hear it anymore. <laughs> anyway, if no. you only, but Zeki, so you said you might bring the show with Selene Luna, whatever happened to Busty Jane, which is kind of like a spinoff of whatever happened to Baby Jane. It is one of the my hands were in the air nonstop. You have gigantic boobs, hence the name Busty yeah. Jane instead of Baby Jane, and you've got the oh, that's it. So well, let me tell you something. Up, I wanted to – I was thinking to myself, how am I going to get every gay ass in the theater seats? So I did a mashup of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and 80s porn. I play Busty Jane Hardon, one of those porn stars from the 70s with, you know, like Misty Mountains and Wendy – what like Wendy – I can't remember. Aids. Wendy no, Aids. Was, she was. Popular. No, stop it. That was the 80s. <laughs> no, Wendy Whoppers and like Mindy Melons. They all had these huge fucking tits. And I have to tell you. And so anyway, and Mario plays my brother, who's the first power bottom in gay porn named Branch Hardon. And he's playing the, you know, Joan Crawford part, but he's in a wheelchair in full leather. And. I didn't get those boobs until opening night and I was literally knocking over like parts of the set because they were so big and I did not plan ahead. But it's one of the funniest things and we hope to do it again. Yes. Is, is that something that you did at Casita del Campo or Cavern Cavern yeah. Club yeah. in LA? Uh-huh. And that's the, where you do all your Golden Girls reviews with... Un until sure. recently, they oh. had a little problem. Somebody called the cops and they took a look at the paperwork. I don't know what the specifics are, but they're working on it. And we, you know, we hope to figure it out because that place is, when I say this, it's, you know, we say it a lot. It's legendary. Everybody's played there, including yourself. I mean, it has been gay friendly with gay entertainment since 1962. So uh, yeah, I hope they can figure it out because we were supposed to do the Golden Girls live there. And a week before opening night, we got word that the fire department closed the theater. The what, restaurant this last is still ride? open. This yeah, last, we had, a few weeks ago? Yeah, we had to do it at the Lyric Hyperion, which is like a block and a half away. We lucked out that it was available. So, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, we really lucked out. And I don't know if people know this. We posted it. We did the episode where Burt Reynolds, you know, has this little cameo at the end of this episode. And we got all these amazing people, you know, including Chris Colfer and, and, but one of our, um, you know, Candace Kane even played Burt Reynolds, like came out looking gorgeous, but with a mustache, you know, stuck to her face. But Chris oh, Pine, so she's coming, so she's coming for Got Mix Act. That's right. Ooh, gross. Yeah, but Chris Pine was one of our um, our uh, Burt Reynolds. And, I mean, he played Captain Kirk, so he's in the Star Trek world. He's in Marvel. Like, he's a huge star, but he was so sweet backstage. And I just kind of forgot until he walked out and people lost their shit. Uh -huh. It was crazy. I mean, it's like Meryl Streep, kind of. But well, you sell out every show just about. Oh, we, yeah. No, that's the one thing it always sells out. And so you take what, an episode, two episodes, and do you change it? Because there's, there's different troops. There's one in San Francisco that does, 
Yeah. Golden Girls. There's one in Provincetown. There's one in uh, Ginger. Yeah. Does in uh-huh. Orlando. It's very, a lot of people do it. And Heclina, you know, has done it for years in San Francisco. Uh, and she actually gave me and Sherry attitude when we started doing it. And we were like, bitch, you weren't the first one to do this. And, you know, like, can we just please do it? in LA in the basement of this Mexican restaurant without you feeling like we're, you know, taking anything away from you. But yes, it's what we do is we do two episodes. We don't change them. We ad lib a little here and there or add a little something, but we generally just do it as written. Uh-huh. And I have to say, Sam Pancake and Drew Drogi, who play uh, Sophia and Rose, respectively, they do it like the Golden Girls on acid. And then Sherry Vine and I, who play Blanche and uh, Dorothy, respective, res- respectively, is that how you say it? We don't do it respectfully, I'll tell you that much. No, you don't. Anyway, we do it more like a dead-on, you know, sort of impersonation, so... People have brought friends who have never seen the Golden Girls and it works for them. Even if you don't know the show, if you've never seen it, it's still entertaining and crazy. And um, I remember once we did it and the lights came up and the first thing I saw was um, Katy Perry sitting in the audience. Um, She had never seen it because growing up, you know, her parents were very religious. So she'd never seen the show in her life. And she loved the show. And the very next day, she posted on social media, a picture of a fire in the background, her laptop with an episode of the Golden Girls and a glass of wine. And she said, this is my new obsession. So we turned her on to the Golden Girls. Well, I I have seen the San Francisco Heclina version where she plays B. Arthur. Um, Dorothy. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a great fit for Heclina's personality because she is over it. Like that's her shtick is kind of like yeah. an eye roll. So she kind of plays B as Heclina and you know, it, 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 it works, but girl, I told you this uh, when I came to see you, I was like, Jackie, your physical mannerisms are funnier than B and B is a goddamn <laughs> genius. Well, we're also allowed to go a little overboard and B had to stay in, you know, that the, the reality of the situation. So take we're a all compliment, allowed to go. cunt. Thank you. I'm take a compliment, cunt. Say it. I'm better than Hecklina. You're better than Hecklina this, and this whole San Francisco <laughs> fucking uh, production. Ha ha ha. But let me say one thing on the same topic <laughs> of being better than, no. Uh, we have not only done the Golden Girls, but we have done Who's the Boss with Danny Pintaro, who played, you know, the uh, Jonathan. He, he, he came to town and played himself, but really gated up. But here's my point. We did Who's the Boss, Designing Women, Facts of Life, Three's Company. We could not do the scripts as written. We tried to do it and we're like, this is not funny. Like, the, it's not even funny in a campy way. Like, it's so bad. So we just completely rewrote episodes, turned them into musicals and made them filthy. So the Golden Girls is the only thing that we do, you know, verbatim. 
And uh, our troupe, by the way, is called Reruns in Pantyhose. <laughs> so, Jackie, now, you were performing before you were writing for other people because you've written for Joan Rivers on The Fashion Police, Elvira, Roseanne. I mean, were, were, did, you, did you start performing and people were like, oh, she's funny? And, and then they got you to write? And also, part two of the question is, it's a horrible segue, but so I think when most people watch a show, they'll laugh and think it's funny, but it takes a, a writer's mind to do what you do and analyze it as a writer. You know what I mean? And like say, yeah. you know, and, and be able to recreate a similar setup. I mean, how, how did you, when did well, you, when did you get that feeling yeah. that you were in tune with somebody that was creating the script? Oh my gosh. Just asking that question. I'm all over the place. The first thing I want to say is, do you remember candy ass? Of course I do. <laughs> yeah. I was at candy ass's house like 30 years ago when I first started doing Jackie beat or over 30 years ago. And candy had a friend over who was a numerologist and she wanted to give me a free reading. And she's like, what's your name? And I said, do you want my stage name or my real name? And she's like, well, what, who do you want to know about? you know, the, the stage character or yourself. And I said, the stage character. And I said, uh, it's Jackie Beat. And she did the numbers and she said, this name is all about the written word. And that was when I was only performing. And I said, the written word, uh, okay. Like kind of rolling my eyes. And it has turned out to be so true. But I did start performing before I was a writer. And I think what, I mean... You know, I live in Los Angeles and everybody's scrambling and trying to be seen and trying to make things happen. I mean, I don't even have an agent. I'll be perfect. I have a booking agent. I don't even have a theatric, you know, I just do what I do. And I have found that people will come to you. And in L.A., like, you know, Roseanne came to my show and she walked up afterwards and she was like, you are so fucking funny. Uh, we're going to work together. You're going to work huh. with so me. So you're saying gonna... that in addition to being a Trump supporter, Wait Roseanne a is a liar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. But <laughs> and she's one of the few people who literally called me the next day. And then I went to her house and she was standing in the kitchen eating beluga caviar with Cool Ranch Doritos. And I thought, well, that's her in a nutshell. Wait, but she ate her own eggs? No, stop it. Oh my God. She's not even that fat anymore. But that was, that was pretty fucking quick, bitch. Um, so no. no, I just, uh, yeah, I just. Wait, uh, wait, Jackie, tell them about that video that everybody has got to go to online after this podcast is over. And oh yeah. To, okay. The one where you are doing uh, uh, yeah. Roseanne's makeup. And this was before she went completely nuts. Yeah, listen, we don't talk anymore. <laughs> I will always have a place in my heart for her. I know that deep down inside, here's the thing. She may be crazy and very complicated. The woman is not homophobic. She's not a racist. She's not. She has surrounded herself with, you know, but she's just said some crazy things. And, yes. you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, stand. I'm not going to justify any of it. But back in the day, I mean... Well, we shot this video where uh, I'm doing her makeup. I'm this very self-centered, you know, sort of ditzy makeup artist. And the joke was going to be that when I turn the chair around, she looks exactly like me. 
But Roseanne, <laughs> you know, Roseanne was like, I don't want to put all that crap all over my face, which I'm glad. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you mean that that fucking Trump Republican bitch implied that my friend Jackie was so unattractive <laughs> that she had to slather on thick theatrical grease paint and specialty products with fucking caterpillars on top and underneath her eyes to accent them so that they wouldn't look so lifeless and shark-like. I don't like her anymore. I don't want to know if I want to hear this story. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bunny's medication just kicked in, everyone. (laughs) No, but she didn't want to do that. We didn't want to do that. So she just let me go crazy. And she literally played the straight person. And if you watch it online, just look up Jackie B, you know, does Roseanne's makeup. She let me be so insulting and so mean and she just sat there and took it and let me be really funny. She didn't even try to like, you know, it's really very, a lot of She didn't say, try to outdo you because bitch, honey, on that day, nobody could. What is the name of the video for people to, to Google it? I think if you just put Jackie Beat Roseanne makeup, it'll come up in a Google yeah, it, search. Honey, it is so fucking hilarious because you're just imagining this extremely annoying Makeup artist. You know, one thing I will say about Roseanne that I thought was interesting. So I don't know her evolution into a Trump supporter, whether she always was, whether I mean, I mean, a Republican or Republican leaning. But I do remember one thing analyzing her support for Trump. And she said that she had initially been very hurt by liberal women, say, of the Northeast that read uh-huh. the New York Times you know, uh, you know, San Francisco Chronicle, you know, um, who had really kind of turned on her in her debut on TV as a frowsy, unkempt housewife. And Overweight. That, 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 that did not live in, you know, I mean, maybe it was, you know, on the downs, it, 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 she, you know, it was middle class, but it wasn't upper middle class as most right. homes on TV are. And then a lot of these liberal women were saying, you know, we think uh, that's a bad portrayal of women when I think that, you know, I, I think that there's plenty of women like that. Well, of course there are. Of course there are. And, so you know. maybe that had something to do with, you know, uh, who, who knows? I mean, it's also just really hard. I mean, this is going to sound like it's just hard to be a woman in that industry. Oh, and- don't I know it, sister. <laughs> we both do. We have both been treated poorly <laughs> because we are women. And now we can't even get abortions. I mean, a big part of it is when you watch that, the original Roseanne show, it says created by, you know, and then I can't even remember the guy's name, but a man's name. And that guy didn't create the show. She created that character. She created the show and she just got fucked over legally. And that's where the real money is when you create the show. And I'm not saying boo hoo, you know, Roseanne didn't make enough money, but Right. It's just really easy to take advantage of people. And then everyone's making fun of you and everybody's calling you fat and everyone's calling you ugly and everyone's calling you dumb. And then everyone's trying to do their version of the show because it's a huge hit. All of a sudden, you know, 
What what but, did you think of her rather extreme surgical makeover? I thought it looked good. I and think they, she looked good. I didn't the, think it was the teeth were a little big. Well, teeth are hard to do. People get they're too white or they're a little too big. But listen, no matter who you are and what you say, look at all these comedians. Look at Joan Rivers. Look at all these comedians that are heavy. Look at Adele. Like she's, you know, the poster child for how you can be a big girl and still be so fierce and fabulous. They always lose weight. They always get a makeover. They all, because deep down inside, they're all little girls who want to be loved. And you know what I mean? Like nobody wants to feel unattractive. And then you've got money and unlimited resources. So... You know, I don't begrudge so, anybody. So, in other words, you would prefer to see Adele pack on the pounds <laughs> in quite poor health to sort of give you some sort of morbid justification? Yes. Okay. Yes. That'll do I it would... for today's episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> You have your own TV show, not writing for Ross Matthews, Joan Rivers, Roseanne, Elvira, but writing for your own very first televised starring vehicle, Dr. Jackie, soon to air on Canada's Out TV. I want you to tell me everything about this project and all of its wonderful guest stars, Did concept the lot, actually. Yeah. Did you did you have an opportunity to watch any of it? Yes, I watched three episodes, and it oh. is it a most effective sleeping aid, <laughs> or in your um, case, sleeping aids. Well, you probably couldn't hear it over the hum of your uh, CPAP, CPAP machine, <laughs> yeah, or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, I, I love. I wonder. I wonder how you would have recognized that sound, Zeki. I love how I called it a CPAP. <laughs> like I'm trying to burn you, and I'm such a grandma. I don't even know what they're fucking called. Um, Somebody told no. me there was a gay campground. They had Bear Weekends. At Bear Weekend, <laughs> girl, the disco shut at eleven o'clock every night. Thirty minutes later, the everybody's CPAPs would blow. Oh, uh, blow a fuse, bitch, <laughs> honey! Those bears blew a fuse when they ran out of fucking fried coconut shrimp. I'll tell you that much. Um, okay, hey, Jackie, let's talk did you about know that we would be bears if we weren't women? <laughs> if we weren't such beautiful, fully <laughs> slim, full, full figured. <laughs> Voluptuous ladies. That's uh -huh. true. All right, let's talk about Dr. Jackie. It's the only reason I did the fucking show. Oh my God, here's the real Jackie. Mm -hmm. Out TV. It premieres September 19th. I need everybody to watch it because I'm sick of doing fucking drag brunch, okay? No, it is me as a psychotherapist. So I think, you know, you can, hilarity ensues. And I have a lot of special guests. I wanted you to do it, but you're, uh, your schedule and your hatred for me made it impossible, but maybe season no, two. No, my hatred of you can make anything possible, <laughs> Jackie. Mm -hmm. even, even if get, I have to do a somersault into a thimble to block <laughs> the first season from ever airing. It makes even getting this butter knife through 
five inches of fat possible. No. Um, Yucky, you have all kinds of guests. You're the therapist. Now, Sherry, uh, you know, who you worked with for years, what is it? The the Battle of the Bitches is a show you've done with Sherry. You have great chemistry. And she plays your cheery receptionist. The New York Times called me and Sherry the Laurel and Hardy of drag. If you're young and listening, Google Laurel and Hardy. But she plays my receptionist. You just realize that that's fucking fake news right there. (sighs) She plays my receptionist. I play a psychotherapist. And I just give therapy to people like Ben De La Creme, uh, Alaska Thunderfuck, Bianca Del Rio. But also, you know, like I have... Some celebrities call in, people who couldn't make it actually into the office, like Margaret Cho, John Cameron Mitchell of Hedwig, Elvira, Kate Flannery from The Office, uh, my friend She's Jackie. a cunt. She's, She's a, a cunt. Oh, she would she'd kiss you on the cheek for saying oh. that. Oh but yeah, a lot of really fun people. Mario's in it. Selene's in it. My friend Nadia Ginsburg, who does, you know, Cher and Madonna and... I saw just, that episode. She's a nut job. I love her. Oh, she is just. She does. I mean, she, and, and yeah. she is Jewish and Italian, and does great mm-hmm. Madonna and Cher. And there's a the, oh, the one I like is the vampire from Long Island. That's just kind of like, yeah, I drained his blood. Whatever. That one is so sick. Such a sick concept. Oh my god, it's so funny. She has some of the funniest characters. She did this. I mean, I met her writing for this TV show called Hype, which was on the WB, which doesn't exist anymore. And it was sort of a Saturday Night Live for, you know, young teens and tweens. And uh, Why did they think of you then? Because back then I was young. It was in the year 2000, or... Oh, okay. So, um, no, but she had a character named Amberly Amber, which was this child star. And she was just said the meanest things to people, but, you know, very perky and playing innocent, but she knew that she was being mean and kind of, you know, going for their uh, Achilles heel. Uh-huh. So, um, and, 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 and in the episode where sh- you are Cher's therapist, uh-huh. um, <laughs> Whitney Houston makes a surprise uh, visit. Thanks, then, to a we- thanks to a Ouija board. Yes. And then uh, Tammy Brown and um, uh, Kelly, Mantle. Kelly Mantle. Yeah. Uh, pop by mm-hmm. and I, and that, that was very funny and you said that bianca uh stops by your office yeah bianca did one oh, so you must serve alcohol <laughs> actually you have to watch that episode because that's the an- it turns out that's no the answer to i don't have problems. to watch that episode that's why i said that dyke <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you know I'm not a dyke. I am yeah. never eat pussy in my life, bitch. Okay, so, so Jackie, you yes. are uh, hilarious you, and beautiful. Yeah, hilarious, beautiful, and you're giving it to your clients. You're giving them attitude. You're rolling uh-huh. your eyes. You're, but you're also giving advice. And you know what? This is ridiculous, and maybe it just shows how lost I am. I thought that the advice that you had for share was actually good advice and it made me think 
Jackie is wise. But I want to know, this is a comedy <laughs> show. This is not like we're here where they're going to come into a town with Bob and Shangela and Eureka and change no. everyone's world and make it gay and then put it, pull a fan out. You no. know, I mean, it's, it's not like Rue is trying to, you know, pass himself off as a therapist. You I know, mean, he, this he, is comedy. Right. He, right. I mean, right. You're, 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 it's but, meant to be cutting. Let um, me tell you, you know, something. Uh, what you just said is what Nadia said to me last night. We had the premiere last night and we, when we screened an episode with Katya and then I had Mario comes in with two of his go-go boys. And she was like, I was strangely like moved. Like it actually works on so many levels. There was a moment where Katya like she's repeating these affirmations that I'm telling. And listen, I'm only going for the joke, but occasionally some real feelings sneak through. So I think it works on many levels. Well, uh, but, but I mean, you don't fancy yourself as a therapist. You fancy yourself as a comedian with this. Oh, of course. Right. And how, when does it start? Episode one. Uh, Dr. Jackie. It premieres on September 19th. And that's on Out TV in Canada. Yes. Uh, I, listen, you, you, I know we're, listen. No, we're so I know about, there's a way to watch it in, in, yeah, in the I States. Yeah, I just don't you know just what have it have, is. Bitch, you Apple need to find TV out. Or I know. Five people listen to this podcast. I got to find out how to lose weight and like not look oh, like Oh, well, you came to the right place. The, <laughs> yeah. The right how do you do it? How did you do it? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How do you look so young and thin? I want to know. <laughs> Woo! Now, Jackie, so yes. is it six, seven, eight episodes? What are we talking it's about? It's six episodes. Okay. Hey, damn, girl, you got a lot of guest stars. And there's, Alaska, well, there's, who listen, she, there, she'd probably come in sad because she has a horse face. And you had to console her or mention other people who look like different animals? Or how did you <laughs> handle that? I just, you know, offered her some carrots and sugar cubes. She actually comes in. Let me tell you, Alaska comes in dressed like Dorothy from the Golden Girls. And the whole session is her thinking she's Dorothy. And we try to get to the real, like, why is she afraid to be her real self? How is her life so bad that she would rather be a fictional, manly character from a sitcom in her 50s? So that's a really funny one. But I have to oh say, my God, we that only sounds we, wild. Yeah, it's really wild. And then she finally reveals her real self. And well, but she, she'll come and guest star with you at the Golden Girls in LA, right? Yeah, she's done it. She played, uh, I don't know how well you know the, the Golden Girls, but she played Frida Claxton, who's the old lady who wants to tear down the tree. And she Rose yells at her and she has a heart attack. And she played Barbara Thorndike, who is the anti-Semitic snobby writer who becomes best friends with Dorothy in an episode. But let me just say one well, thing. I'm straight, only so do I don't know all that gay shit, but yeah. Right, you don't the know the Golden Girls because you're normal. Um, but we did six episodes, but there's two sessions, so two special guests per episode, plus a celebrity who calls in in between for an emergency session on the phone. Mm -hmm. So it's really jam packed. And then at the very beginning, there's like a sitcom moment with me and Sherry. So it's really, really fun and funny. Now, as you also did a theme song that's similar to that one that everyone loves from the nanny about, yes. of course, Dr. Jackie. 
and I wanted to do that's really I cute. wanted I wanted to do a you know animated opening sequence, but it's so expensive. And I I went online and said, "Is there anybody, maybe a student <laughs> or somebody who would be interested in doing it for little or no money?" And everyone attacked me like artists deserve to be paid how dare you and i was like i'm just listen i've done shows for dinner you know back in the day when i was i know but you that you eat a lot jackie so that's about a value that's a good value there (laughs) i mean true true the um, the all the restaurants closed after i did a show for dinner um but anyway so yeah it's very similar to the nanny but we didn't uh we didn't get to animate it, so but it's cute. And, and I mean, I, I like that the Out TV is doing that show also with Tammy and Kelly Mantle. Yeah, the Browns. Um, I enjoyed that. Uh, we had them on the podcast. That was really cute. And so let me ask you this, Jackie. Last night at the party where I saw you out and about, the launch party for Dr. Jackie in Los Angeles, where was it held? That was actually at PEG. Okay, so I saw John Cameron Mitchell and all of it. I saw all your fancy folks out there. But um Okay. <laughs> John Cameron Mitchell wasn't there, so Oh he wasn't? No, I don't know. Maybe somebody looked like him. Oh. Okay. I look what's that noise? Are you in a swivel chair? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> if there's a dildo super glued onto the seat. Oh, no wonder you Because that's so how excited happy. I am about seeing Jackie B starring in Dr. Jackie that she wrote. And she plays a psychotherapist. And Sherry's on and Sherry Fine and Uncle Mario in Alaska. Margaret Cho. Let me ask you a question. If you were in season two, what would your what would your problem be? What would you ask Dr. Jackie? Well, uh, being asked to do something for zero money, even after you've seen how shit the first season is, and then having to do it anyway, that would be my issue. Oh my God, please come and do it and say say exactly that. I am so sick of people asking me. Jackie, I'm not writing this for you. This is your shit, you fucking dyke. You have called me a dyke twice. Well, that's how you turn me on. One more time. Mama. Listen, Zeki, as I like to call it, Jackie. Zeki. No one knows why and no one appreciates it. Does that stop me? No, it does not, Zeki. So listen, at the party last night, this is what I was trying to say before you shut me down over John Cameron Mitchell. You wore a large, now I'm colorblind, but it's going to be blue or purple, right? Wig? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, obviously your dress was large, so I don't know why you jumped straight to wig. Is it? <laughs> well, because you want well, to know was it, why? Because you're fucking, you're colorblind, aren't you? I am, but it was what, yeah. blue or purple? What was it? It was purple. Okay, yeah. so it was a big showgirl uh-huh. wig, and, you know, the look was kind of tacky, wowsome, wowsome. But, but then, what, in, what? As, Wait a as Dr. Jackie... Now, bitch, you know it is. A big, old, a big old clown wig on your mangy ass with the freaked ass eyes. Please, is this, bitch. you calling me tacky is your idea of complimenting me? Yes, no. because you were a big old clown no. in a blue wig. Did you think it's it was true. stylish? It's purple, you fucking colorblind no. cow. Listen. Okay, so yes. There's so, a Dr. Big Jackie. Dif- there's yeah. a big difference yes. between 
that Jackie, which is also your stage persona when not when performing as Jackie Beat. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, you know, the big wigs, the loud uh, colors and whatever. But then right. in the Dr. Jackie look, see, I think ja- Jackie is actually an underappreciated style icon. Yeah. And oh at God. the Huluine thing, uh, she brought all kinds of, of uh, themed jewelry to lend me. I mean, the bitch had like five uh, golden cobra earrings. I mean, the, the bitch... <laughs> It has those had a thrift shop, the house down, but you have these. You're wearing a gorgeous old necklace that we used to call medallion, but it's a little bit more ceremonial than a medallion. Yeah. Um. So, and you're wearing like a a, a dark turtleneck, and I was reminded uh, Jackie had a hit band called Dirty Sanchez, and you opened for who? Who'd you open for? Uh, oh. We, we, we toured with My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult. Right. I knew it was somebody that I hated that would have to pick. Yeah, and we were supposed were to. And we, no, we opened for uh, Voluptuous Horror of Karen Black on Halloween. And we were supposed to open for Nina Hagen. And she couldn't get in the country because of her visa anyway. So. Well, I sang a duet with her. <laughs> I know what you're getting at. You're getting at the fact that my look was so different as Dr. Jackie. Well, and, and, and it specifically reminds me in how sedate it is to, to what your original band, uh, Really Rich Italian Satanist, which I think is a genius name for a band. And girl, Jackie, y'all need to jack... Uh, Google that. Jackie Beat and um, what is the name of that shit band? Dirty Sanchez. No, the other one. And we have a song. Really rich Italian Satanist. I love that. Asymmetric. Yeah. The song Really Really Rich Italian Satanist is sort of my nod to um, Dario Argento and we're these people who are just so bored. We've seen it all, (laughs) done it all, and now all uh, all we do is kill people. And that's when you wore that black and white high contrast stripe, yeah, matching hat. That's it. Yeah. Told you, Jackie. I love matching, appreciated style icon. She's got the accessories down, girl. Down. But let me tell you something about Dr. Jackie. I wanted my look to be as like nothing warm and fuzzy, nothing comforting, nothing nurturing. Everything is sculptural. Like the hair, you know, is. I did three different wigs. Billy Lamore, who is a genius, did my wigs. And one of them is a full-on, you know, Joan Crawford victory rolls. And uh, just very severe. And even my eyebrows, like there's no curves to anything. Everything is like pointed and sharp. And even the set, I wanted it to just be very like modern and cubist and scary like you Mm -hmm. come into this place and you want to be nurtured and everything is scary and to the to the two main scenes are you in your office with sherry vine your assistant ushering people in and then out at sherry's little desk in another room the reception are those the only two shots uh yeah i believe so bitch Shoot the outside of the house like the fucking Golden Girls and give us a little bit of space to breathe every once in a while. Let me tell you something. We it did. was too packed full of brilliant jokes to even get <laughs> one pan in. We did an establishing shot of an out <gasps> of, of a an office building, but you clearly were fast forwarding through it. 
Oh my God. Maybe I'm sleeping through it. No, you were on cocaine when you watched it Mm. and you fast forwarded. We have a, we have a, a very austere, again, uncomfortable, kind of scary-looking office building, with the, and the address is 666, of course. I had to put that in there. Oh, Jackie, you groomer. <laughs> yes. I got my clippers ready. Send your eight-year-old over. <laughs> Which I one? Will li- I will literally groom them. <laughs> Which one? Oh, the Which boy. Which one shall I send, Zeki? The boy. what was your what was the craziest moment while shooting dr jackie to debut on out tv and girl find out the goddamn package that it's on for people in america i want to see it there's got to be something bitch google it now whore people can do it tramp google it now it's on out tv just Google, the people can Google it Ameri- themselves. But it's free in Canada. Can American pay to watch it on some package? Yeah, of course. It's literally like, it's a couple dollars. I don't know. Oh, that's don't too you- much. For me. <laughs> um, when does it start again, Seki? September 19th. <laughs> I hope to see you when you're out here. You are coming to my show on the 26th at Catalina Jazz Club. Or the, okay. no, I put you on the 23rd, I think. We'll okay, be in we'll touch. We'll figure it out. Yes. But bye, I Jay. will text you and you will ignore me because that's true. You don't, <laughs> if I can read it, you, my readers. Because you are a, a Luddite. Uh, I think that means still grounded. I don't know. Some weird religion. Get out. You're a Quaker. <laughs> You're a fucking Quaker. <laughs> All right. I love talking to you. The only thing I love more than talking to you is when it's over. Okay, yeah. Bye. Bye, sweetheart. Uh, you, yeah, that bitch makes me miss Monet. Can you believe I'm that? I'm still comment? on the line, oh, you guys. Oh, this was a mistake, and we already had it one other time, and she sucked and bombed. So we're, Oh, she's on the line? I'm oh, still God. here. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is going to be harder to edit than The Crow after... Never mind. Okay. Girl, you have got those current references, Mom. Well, it's a famous movie (laughs) where the lead was killed. No. Girl, I didn't know what that was the first time around, so... Okay, girl. Goodbye, Jackie. Can I hang up? Am I allowed to hang up? I wanted you to hang up earlier. Okay. Jesus Christ. Um, You can hush. Wrap it up. Starbanks Audio, a podcast network.